So today, I'd like to focus on one verse of scripture which is popular in the Philippines in one sense but made popularized in the wrong context. So let me just read to you the text. It is found in Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Jeremiah wrote, Stand at the crossroads. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. And when you find the good way, walk in it. And you will find rest for your soul. In the Philippines, a group is getting bigger and their name is Andating Daan. And it is taken from Jeremiah 6.16. But if you will notice, those of you who are grammatically inclined, the ancient paths is plural. What is more important is not the ancient paths. The more important is where the good way is. So, sana ang ginawa niyang title ng kanyang grupo, Ang Mabuting Daan. When you find the good way, you will find rest in your souls. The Hebrew word way, derech, means a road, a highway, a journey, a direction, a manner, or a mission of life. If you find your right direction, if you find your right mission in life, you will find rest for your soul. But if you don't find it, if you don't find the true north, according to the modern strategic planners, then you will waste a lot of time, resources, even tears. But if you find your right direction, the good way, it will be well. So why is the good way very important? Because it's a bad feeling when you feel you are lost. When your company, when your church, when your family has no clear direction. And sometimes you end up walking rough roads than easy roads when you get lost. And as a result of that, there are so many bad feelings. And the most bad feeling nowadays, which is popular, is called depression. But when you are in the good way, you get excited. You become passionate about the year ahead. These two contrasted ways is very popular both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The book of Psalms opened up describing two ways, two roadways. In Psalm 1 verse 6, the Lord knows, the Lord protects, the Lord blesses the way of the righteous. But the other way, the way of the wicked, will perish. The wise man said, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is disaster. The way of the upright is to depart from evil. He who watches his way preserves his life. So when you know your way, when you know your direction, and it is a good direction, it's a good way, then you are not only happy, you will be protecting your own life. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself 
describe also these two alternatives. In Matthew chapter 7, he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And because of that, many enter through it. We call that the Broadway. Of course, in New York, it's a popular place, the Broadway. But there is a small, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So when we are confronted with 2019, when we are confronted to making decisions, what is usually our basis? That which is popular? That is where many people will go to? Or one which is narrow and only a few people enter into? Jeremiah said, when you digress from the good way, it will be a disaster. In the time of the prophet, when this passage was given, he was encouraging the people to walk in the good way. And he taught them the good way. But look at the last statement. The people were saying, we will not walk in it. They knew what was right. They knew what was good. But they prefer what is good for them, not what is good for God. Let me give you an example of that. In Jeremiah 6 verse 13, the prophet said, From the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. That's the ultimate currency in the time of Jeremiah. Everyone wants to be rich. They want profit. And look at the people who wanted profit. The prophet, even to the priest. And for that to happen, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to bless. You know, in Philippine, uh, in Philippine setting, when you have a project, 10 to 15% commission by the government official was acceptable many years ago, like 30 years ago. But they became greedy. They were not happy with 10 to 15%. They wanted 30%. And later, 50%. And last year, it was discovered, they even got 100%. There was no project, but the money was released. That's why some people now are in jail. They do not know how to blast. And now some of them will even run again in the midterm election. In Jeremiah 18, the prophet said, My people 
Those who are doing this were not pagans. Those who are doing this were Israelites, prophets and priests. My people have forgotten me. They always have money and profit in their minds. They burn incense to worthless gods. They have stumbled from their ways, from the ancient paths, to walk in bypaths, not on a highway. So they would rather choose other ways than God's way. So the result, look at verse 11 of chapter 6. The wrath of God will be poured out. Children will be affected. Young men will be affected. Marriages will be affected. The aged and even the very old will be affected. Their homes will be turned over to others, their fields and their wives together. Hear, O earth, said the Lord, I am bringing disaster on these people. Why? The fruit of their plans, because they have not listened to my words, and as for my law, they have rejected it also. The problem during the ancient time was that they don't know what is right. They knew what was right. The problem was they were not willing to do it, to pursue it. And I believe it's the same case today. Many people know what is right. They learned it from the Bible, Sunday school. They learned it from the school. Even some schools like Ateneo, La Salle, have theology and religious classes. But the question is, will they pursue God's way or will they pursue other ways? Israel decided to digress. So the result, in 722, last 721 BC, the northern kingdom was destroyed by the Assyrians. And then later on, in 587, 86 BC, the southern kingdom, whose capital was Jerusalem, was destroyed by the Babylonians. When we are pursuing the wrong way, we will reap the consequences. It may not happen immediately, but it will happen ultimately. When we are not in the good way, the presence of God, the favor of God, and His rest will not be with us. When our ancient forefathers, Adam and Eve, did not follow God's way, look at what happened. They were driven out of paradise. And God had to station cherubim to guard the way into the tree of life. In the time of the prophets, the prophet said, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save, nor his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and God. Your sins have hidden his face. You know, when we are compromising, when we are not pursuing God's way, God's face will not be toward us. His face will be against us. And in Isaiah 53, Isaiah described 
the tragedy. He said, all of us like sheep have gone, have gone astray. What does that mean? God has a way for us, but each of us turn to his, to his own way. Why are many marriages broken today? Sad to say, many of them are even Christian marriages. Is it because people are not good-looking, are not intelligent? No, many people now are good-looking. Many people now are intelligent. Many people now have resources. But they start wrong. They started wrong. So today, I'd like to share with you what is involved in the good way and how can we assess whether that direction is the good way or not for us. So look at the passage again. Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. And if you find the good way, walk in it. The result, you will find shalom, whole being, completeness, peace for your soul. So what is this good way all about? You know, the prophets always talk about a highway. And they describe what this highway is all about. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice is calling, Clear the way in the wilderness for the Lord. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. The path that we need to choose, the path that we need to walk towards, is a path where God is present, where God is honored. Get yourself up on a highway, O Zion, bearer of goodness. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem. Say to the cities of Judah, in this highway, you will see your God. When Abraham and Lot were having conflict, no, not them, but their, their workers, because they both became very rich, Abraham said to Lot, choose the place where you will go, and I will go to the other direction. And Lot chose the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why was that? Because the place was like the Garden of Eden. It was fertile. It was beautiful. But the only problem is, yes, it was beautiful. It was fertile. But the people there are wicked. The people there were perverts. But they still made the choice. Result? Disaster. Because that place would be destroyed. If not for Abraham interceding for Lot, Lot would have been gone out of history. So when you make decisions in life, what's your basis? Is your basis mere sight? Is your basis mere salary? Can you not include God in the equation? Is God here? Is God present here?
You know why Israel cannot be in Egypt? They were successful there during the time of Joseph. But afterwards, they stayed long. As a result, they became slaves for 400 years. Why was Egypt not a good place for them? If you read the Bible, the patriarchs were putting up altars. For 480 years, they were not able to put up a single altar for God in Egypt. I am not saying don't go to a place where there are no Christians. No, go there. Share the gospel there. But if you can no longer influence the place, instead of the place influencing you, you may have to decide courageously to go to another place. The psalmist said, it is better to be in the house of the Lord than in the house of wickedness. So that's the first characteristic of the good way. God is involved. God is passing through in that good way. Number two description of the good way. Look at Isaiah 52 verse 7 to 10. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who announces peace, bring good news of happiness, who announces salvation, and say to your God, your God reigns. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. You know, the good way is where people will experience God's salvation. Immediate, on one hand, and later on, the ultimate salvation. Augustine said, where do you find salvation? Among God's people, in the church. So if you really want to, to know God, if you want to experience the salvation of God, better be in the place where God is present and where God is working, where God is saving. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. So when we are in crisis, the place to go is where God is present. Not in a place where you will be isolated. In one little corner, thinking about your life the whole day. And then at the end of the day, you kill yourself. There is no salvation in a place where God is not present. So if you are really hard up, go to a place where there is deliverance. And the best place you can find deliverance is when two or three are gathered in God's name. It is the way of salvation. Number three, description of the good way. It is a highway. By the way, this is a prophecy. There will be a highway from Egypt. Egypt is in the south to Assyria. It is in the north. And the center is Israel. Look at the beauty. The Egyptians 
will worship with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be the third party with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed is Egypt my people, Assyria the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance. When you walk the way, the good way, the way of the Lord, there will be blessing there. But if it is not the way of the Lord, there will be hardships. There will be, you know, thorns and thistles. But when it is the way of the Lord, there will be happiness and blessings. It is the way of blessing. Number four, description of that good way. It's a way of peace. Isaiah said, they do not know the way of peace. And there is no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them does not know peace. And then Zechariah made a prophecy. The tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in the darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the good way is not only where God is present. It's not only where you will experience deliverance. It's not only where there is blessing. That place, you will find shalom. You will find peace. Even if your ways are already messed up, if you pursue that new good way, your life will change. The last. In Isaiah 35, I believe this was the text of Pastor Abbott last Sunday, a highway will be there. It's called the highway of holiness. And who will walk in that way? The redeemed, the ransom of the Lord. And how are they walking in that way? They will come with joyful shouting to Zion with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. So when you are walking the good way, you will experience joy that you will not experience, you will not only experience now, but you will experience for a long, long time. You know, so many people nowadays are rich. You cannot imagine how much money they have, how much power they have. But they are very unhappy inside. Because they are not walking the good way. But in the good way, there is gladness, there is joy, there is a joyful shouting. So let me summarize. When you find the good way, you know it's a good way when God is there, when God is honored there, when there is salvation there. You can hear people testifying that something happened in their lives. There is blessing there. There is peace there. There is everlasting joy there. No wonder in the Old Testament people will pray, teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine 
enemies. And then I like this psalm, Psalm 67, verse 1. God, be gracious to us and bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. And look at the next statement. That your way may be made known to the earth, your salvation among all the nations. So God's grace, God's blessings, God's face, God's salvation is connected with God's way. Are you walking in God's way nowadays? According to Jeremiah and Isaiah, this good way is connected with the person. When you read Isaiah chapter 9, and that's a popular Isaiah passage during Christmas, those who are in gloom, those who are in anguish, will experience gladness and joy because of someone coming. In Isaiah 9 verse 6, a child will be born, a son will be given, and this child, this son, will have fourfold names a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. When Jesus was born, there were wise men who pursued that way. And in Matthew one twenty-two, later in their story, it was quoted, Isaiah 9, a virgin shall be with child, he will bear a son, they shall call his name, and he put together the four names into one name, Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So the good way is not just a doctrine. The good way is not just a discipline. The good way is connected with a person who will be coming and his name will be called Emmanuel. And if you want to ex exegete that name, then that means a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, prince of peace. This child will bring great blessings, peace. This child will bring goodness of great joy. So who is this sunrise? Who is this savior? Who is this Christ? Who is this good way? In Isaiah 35, verse 5, the writer prophesied the manifestations of his coming. When he comes, the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be opened. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But after some time, he was jailed because he spoke against the king. And while he was in jail, there was a crisis of faith in the case of John the Baptist. Why am I in jail? I thought the Messiah had come. Why are the Romans still ruling over us? Why is Herod still the king? So you know what happened? In Matthew 11, 2, when he, when he was in prison, 
he sent word to his disciples and he sent a message to, this, to Jesus. Are you the expected one? Or shall we look for someone else? You know, that's a statement of disappointment. That's a statement of frustration on the part of John the Baptist. Look at the response of Jesus. And he was quoting the prophets. Jesus answered and said to the messengers from John, Go and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, there is even a bonus, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And he added, Blessed are those who do not stumble because of me. You know what Jesus is saying? The prophecy concerning the way has been fulfilled in him. And if we are still not sure about that, let's go to the familiar passage. Jesus said, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? People in the past had always been talking about the way. And Jesus said to him, I am that way. The truth, the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. The tragedy of religion is we have made religion an institution. We have made doctrines so systematized and then we brand name, we brand them with names. And if you don't belong to that brand, you are outside that religion. And that's why religion now is unpopular. Because who wants to be in an institution? But the way that the prophets had been talking about is a person. And his name is Jesus. Before Christians were called Christians in Acts, they were first called the followers of the way. So they were persecuting those who belonged to the way. And Jesus was known as the way. When the Apostle Paul, who was so immersed in Judaism, he was a rabbi. He learned from the best rabbis. When he understood that the way is not just a sect, when he encountered him in the way, in, on his way to Damascus, look at the result to his life. In Philippians 3.7, Paul testified 
I once thought these things. Well, the things refer to his credentials, his accomplishments. We're valuable. But now, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. In verse 10 to 11, in the voice translation, I want to know Him inside and out. I want to experience the power of His resurrection, join in His suffering, even shaped by His death, so that I may arrive safely at the resurrection from the dead. You know, nowadays, Christianity is seemingly weak, powerless. Because Christians are so preoccupied with so many things which the Apostle Paul will call garbage. We are so concerned about money. We are so concerned about reputation. We are so concerned about, about numbers. Where is Christ in all this? Are people in love with Christ? Are people passionate for Christ? Or are they passionate for strategies? Or are they passionate for programs? It is not surprising that people who have gone so big, led big groups, have failed miserably. Because while they are pursuing what they feel are great things, their hearts are empty. Because only Christ can fill up those hearts. Talk to many Christians today. How are you? What will they say? They talk about their jobs. They talk about their love lives. They talk about their income. They talk about their business. They rarely talk about Christ. As if Christ is only put on the Sunday morning or on Sunday afternoon slot. But from Monday to Saturday, He's not part of it all. No wonder so many Christian lives are messed up. So many Christian marriages are messed up. Because we are pursuing worthless things, we are putting our time and our efforts, our energies into what Paul called garbage. Jesus said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? He said, don't worry about what you will eat, what you will wear. The Gentiles worry about these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and what is right in His sight. And all these things you worry about will just come into their proper places. 
this week, a pastor said to our group, and Pastor Abbott will remember this, he said, the church is already releasing me because the church said, we don't have money to support you anymore. So it's the issue of money. You don't want the pastor because they are running out of their savings. Oh, I pray, Breadcom, Quezon City, we will really know what to value, what to pursue, what to put our lives into. So that at the end of our lives, we will experience wholeness and fulfillment. Paul wrote in Romans 14, 7 to 8. And by the way, for some Christians, these are just words. But I hope for Breadcom Quezon City, this will not just be mere words. None of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. You know, if, if people only know what that means, we belong to the Lord. Why will they commit suicide? They commit suicide because they feel they are all alone. Nobody cares. Nobody knows their struggle. But you know what? In our group, in our church, we have a catechism. And the first question in our catechism is what is your only comfort in life and death? And our response is, you know, that I belong to Jesus. And if you'd like me to expound that, I will say Psalm 73, verse 26. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you know what? God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Yes, there will be times I will be weak, but in those times I am weak. God will be my strength because I belong to him. He is committed to me. My name is written, engraved, imprinted in the very palm of his hand. So even if you don't care for me, someone cares for me to the point that he died for me on the cross and he continues to intercede for me every day, even if no one is praying for me. Someone is interceding for me at the right hand of God. And that's my lover, Jesus. So, if, if Jesus is your good way, if Jesus is your passion in life, then Paul, Paul's word in Colossians 3, 23, 24 will be meaningful to you. He said, Whatever you do, whether it's in the house, in the office, in the church, in your company, whatever you do, 
whether you're a student, whether you're a businessman, whatever you do, do it heartily. Put your heart into it. As to the Lord and not for men. So even if my salary is not that big, even if I am not being appreciated, you know, I will still put my heart into it because I'm doing it for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, I will receive the reward of the inheritance for I serve the Lord Christ. I serve the Lord Christ. Can you imagine if you compare a missionary or a pastor and then somebody who's not even a missionary but an ordinary Christian in the workplace and the missionary and pastor, they are both burnt out. They have long faces. They have no joy. And then here is a person who is exhibiting life and joy in the office. How many of you know Steve Curry? If you don't know him, I think you are in, uh, in the wrong age. Do you know that in the past many years, he was the, he was the least in terms of salary player despite the fact that he was already contributing to the championship of Golden State. His salary was way, way below than the others. His salary only increased this year. Now he is the biggest paid PBA player. But for the past six or seven years, he was, I think, 73rd. But why was he playing that passionately? Because he was not playing for salary. He was playing for the lover of his soul. And that is Jesus. You know, if every born-again believer is doing that, we are doing things in our own fields excellently, giving our full hearts, then the world will really know that Jesus is alive. But sad to say, so many Christians, especially in the marketplace, are complaining. We are like Israelites in the wilderness. Always, Our default mode is complaining and grumbling. But if you are walking the good way, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always in everything, in everything, give thanks. And why will I give thanks in everything? Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yesterday, I went to the province. Why? Because my brother would like to give thanks. He is weak. But he gathered all of us because he wanted to give thanks. My other brother is giving thanks because 
he passed the upgraded engineering, electrical engineering exam. He is working as an executive in Qatar. He studied and took another bar exam and he made it. So he wanted to give thanks. But the one who called for that meeting was my brother who has cancer, fourth stage. And he wanted to give thanks. Of course, we are praying for him every day, without fail, for two and a half years. His colon cancer has metastasized in his abdomen, in his lungs, and it has reached the brain. All I can do is to pray to help as much as I could. But he wanted to gather all of us and the purpose is to give thanks. When, when my second brother spoke, because Pastor Bear is the third, I asked him, Ega, what about you? What are you thanking God for? And my second brother said, and he broke in tears, I thank God for Bear. Thank God for him. So yes, our pathway will not be easy in 2019. Because the doctor who had journeyed with my brother, the oncologist, who had been there 12 cycles, another 12 cycles, another 6 cycles, already gave up. But Pastor Ver is not giving up. He wanted to give thanks. What about you? Are you walking the good way? Because if you are not walking the good way, you know, life will be tough. And all you will do is just to complain and grumble. But if you are in the right path, even if it is marked with sufferings, you will still be able to rejoice. How did Jesus become the good way? Well, in the Old Testament, God's presence is manifested in a tabernacle and later in the temple. And in the tabernacle as well as the temple, it is divided into three parts. The Holy of Holies, then the Holy Place, and the Courtyard. And the Holy of Holies is isolated with a curtain. And in the Holy of Holies, only one person can enter it once a year. Once a year. 
and that is the high priest. He cannot go inside at any other day. But when Jesus died on the cross, that thick curtain in the temple was cut into two. Look at the story. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, coming out of the tombs after his resurrection and they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Because of the death of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews said, we have confidence to enter the most holy, holy place. How? Not by religion, but by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, and the curtain was his body. Can you imagine the high priest can only enter the presence of God once a year? But now we can enter his presence anytime, any day, any place. So Jesus is the good way that brings God, his salvation, his blessings, his peace, and his joy to us. Look again at Jeremiah 6.16. Stand at the crossroads, ask for the ancient path, ask where the good way is, walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. And look at his statement. Come to me all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and you will find rest for your soul. Oh, I hope in 2019, you will find the way that is Jesus. So what are our assurances if we find Jesus as our way? Many of you know John 10 verse 10 in traditional translations. I like to use uh, the New Life translation. The thief's purpose is to kill, to steal, to destroy, my purpose, said Jesus, is to give them what? A rich and satisfying life. Even if you don't have that much money, even if you are not that popular, you will have a rich and satisfying life if you are walking the way called Jesus. And I love this passage. Now you will see the secret, the key to happiness in the Bible. What will bring happiness? John 15, 11, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And if that is the case, your joy will be made full. And may I paraphrase these things I'm speaking to you, that my joy may be in you, and when you have my joy, 
your joy will be full to the overflow. Money is a blessing. Fame is a blessing. Health is a blessing. Wisdom is a blessing. But they cannot be the source of eternal joy because they are all fleeting. But the joy of Jesus is eternal. So when we meet people, when we ourselves are depressed, the big question is, what joy do you have in your life? If it is Jesus' joy, then that joy will strengthen you. That joy will sustain you. And that joy will be like a river overflowing. So let me read this passage I always read in Breadcom QC. And again, please allow me to use the paraphrase of Eugene Peterson. Are you tired in 2018? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Three, three years ago, I met a pastor. You know what his sport is or was? He is doing martial arts. The one where we really, really are hitting, what do you call that? Mixed martial arts? So he's big. But he has founded a church in uh, Las Vegas, and it is 10-year-old. And he, Pastor John Apostol invited me to preach in this church because they were attending the church. And the pastor said, I'd like to meet Pastor Nomer. So I said, this pastor is too uh, orthodox. Maybe he wants to know what I will preach. <laughs> so I met with him and his elders. So I was, I was encouraged with his size. And then uh, he introduced himself. And then he said to me, Pastor, it's good that you came. Thank you. Because tomorrow will be my last sermon. And I said, why will that be your last sermon? Because I have a problem in church. Two, two groups of people are quarreling. And I wish... Pastor, I was hospitalized this week because of tension. How I wish I can just fight it, you know, physically. <laughs> but it's too emotional, it's too... And my wife is a nurse, and I cannot handle the tension. So I want to know your sermon because I want to know who will speak first, you or me. <laughs> So, you know, we did not talk about his, my sermon. We talked about his problem. His problem. He was burned out. He was quitting. And he, is, he has already plans to move to Florida with his family and start a business which his friend has offered to him. And I did not hear the name of Jesus from his lips. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnout on church ministries? Are you burnout 
in Christian organization? Well, here is the good news. Come to Jesus. Get away with Jesus. And you know what will happen? You will recover your life. You know, when you started, you were so passionate for Jesus. And along the way, it's gone. We have a member. His name is Toy Factora. And he is a very good worship leader. And he was worship leading in our church. He came from uh, Phil Invest, Shepherd's Flock. And then he said to me, Pastor, I want to study in ATS. I said, why will you study in ATS? Because I want to be equipped. I want to grow. I said, um, who is discipling you? No one was discipling him personally. I said, maybe you, you, you need to have a discipling situation first, one-one. No, no, Pastor, I'll go to ATS. So he went to ATS. And after he graduated from ATS, I was so excited. Oh, Toy, what are you planning to do? I'm going to the U.S. and I'll apply in the U.S. Navy. I said, what happened? I thought you went to ATS because you wanted to be trained as a pastor and you will be pastoring a church. He said, Pastor Nomer, he looked at me in the eye. I lost the passion. I lost the passion. So now he is a U.S. military personnel. You know, if we are not careful, ministry, religion, can sap our passions. Especially when it is not really directly connected with Christ. So Jesus said, come to me, get away with me. And you know what? You will recover your life. I'll show you how to take, I love that, how to take a real rest. You know, when we take vacation, we need another vacation. Because we're so tired. <laughs> Walk with me. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. How Jesus does it. Not how Rick Warren does it. Not how Bill Hybels does it. Not how Peter Tanchi does it. Not how Pastor Nomer Bernardino does it. Look at how Jesus do it. We have become celebrity conscious even in the church. So instead of following Jesus, we have followed the substitutes of Jesus. Before we had been talking against the Pope and said, how dare you call yourself the vicar of Christ? But now many pastors are doing that. And the tragedy is, we are using a very good term, biblical term. No, I, I want him to disciple me. He is discipling me. Really? He does not even know your name. The shepherd knows his flock. The shepherd knows the name of the flock and vice versa. The sheep knows even his voice. But those celebrities we follow, they don't even know us. But Jesus knows you and me by name. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And again, I love this statement. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Because many times when we have become successful, we become 
controlling. It's so sad that we who have been talking about grace are no longer gracious. We are control freaks. And the tragedy is you are controlling others but you don't want to be accountable to any. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace and look at the promise of Jesus. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Freely and lightly. I hope you will be excited to live freely and lightly in 2019. Pastor, how, how will I do it? Well, actually, my sermon is finished that there already. <laughs> but I have to, to text because I have learned from Elder Toybits that you need to have something, you know, very practical that people can chew, people can do something with. Okay? So I decided to end the sermon by a practical application. I will not ask how many of you are having your quiet time because I know some of you are very quiet. <laughs> so starting January, I'd like to encourage you to really get into the habit, into the daily discipline of discovering Jesus. And how do you do it? Pastor, I don't have same time like you. You can sit on your table in your house for one hour to three hours just to pray, to study. I don't have the time. No, you, you need not have the time. I will only ask 10 minutes from you. 10 minutes a day. And if you, can, if you get excited, you may make it 15 minutes. If you get excited, you may make it 20 minutes. But 10 minutes. So what do you do every day for 10 minutes? Again, let me use the acronym ACTS. Begin your day by adoration. Just praise God. Just thank Him for the sleep He gave you, for who He is to you, for what He has done for you. You'll be surprised. It will not even take you three minutes. Just thank God that morning. And then after thanking God, begin with Confession. You know, acknowledge your sins, your failure, your fears, your problems, your challenges for that day. Again, it will not take you long. You'll be surprised. And after you have poured out those things to God in prayer, you go to tea. And what is the tea? Go to a teaching from God's Word. And when you read God's Word, may I... May I suggest, this is just a suggestion. Can you open your Bible in 2019 and your main focus in reading the Bible, studying it, is to discover Jesus? What does this text say about Jesus? So after your confession, you pray, Lord, open my eyes that I may see Jesus from this passage. Pastor, how do I begin the teaching process? You can do it two ways. You can use a devotional help like our daily bread. How much is it? 
90 pesos. Beautiful, well done. It will guide you, it has guided me for so long. Or you can just begin using your gospel. Begin with the gospel of John. Just read one paragraph a day. One paragraph a day. Or you can begin from Genesis. Read one story, narrative, a day. And just ask yourself, what is this saying to me about Jesus? Then whatever you learn about Jesus, thank God for it. And then the last is, then you can present your concerns to God in prayer. You know, you'll be surprised. Ten minutes is long. If you are watching NBA, you know, two minutes is very long for them. Because there are exciting things that are happening. But if you're in your quiet time, not, if there are not exciting things happening, ten minutes will be boring. And let me end with this uh, Proverbs. Blessed is the man who listens to me. Wisdom is speaking. Watching daily at my gates. Waiting at my doorpost. He who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. You know, I pray that next year we will really be walking the good way. Walking the way of Jesus. Encountering Jesus in our relationships, in our work, in our studies, even in our problems. And then we can say, I have found life. I have found favor from God. Let us pray. Our God, thank you for your promise in your word that if we put our trust in you, if we by faith follow after you, if we learn from you, we will find rest. Not just in our minds, but even within our very souls. Lord, so many people today are distressed, depressed. Even Christians are disappointed with life, living angry lives. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us to search for the good way because when we find it, we will find rest. Thank you, Jesus, that you are that way. And those of us who have discovered you, Lord, grant us the boldness to talk about you to our classmates, to our office mates, to our neighbors, so that they too will find life, satisfaction in life, and the everlasting joy. Lord, may we become truly followers of the way, truly followers of Jesus. And let there be shouting of joy, shouting of blessings in this congregation in 2019. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.